How's it going, Jets fans? My name is Alex, and that co-host here, Ryan Moran. And today we want to discuss five players to watch during the final preseason game for the New York Jets against the New York Giants in the Snoopy Bowl. And the starters are expected to play um, about a quarter here. They're expected to get some action. You know, Joe Flacco trying to get more accustomed with the offense. I know he's been here, um, you know, for a while and, and definitely has experience with the Jets. But at this point, you know, you're kind of looking at him to take on that leadership role. He's a good quarterback. He throws the ball really well. He's a veteran. He knows where to put the football. And these young receivers are ultimately going to benefit from that. Zach Wilson, obviously, the development there is the most important factor. But we're going to have to wait a couple more weeks until we get um, his return uh, from the knee injury. So this is definitely a situation where the Jets are just trying to get back into their groove, trying to establish some continuity, some chemistry, and hopefully win a couple of games to start the regular season. That way, uh, Zach Wilson can come into a good situation and not down already a couple of games. But there are a few players. Most of them are going to be backups in terms of position battles with the 53-man roster cuts coming up very soon. Um, so these are going to be interesting players to watch throughout um, you know, this, this game. And, and there's some really, really talented guys that we do really like. And after the Denzel Mims situation where he wants to be traded, there are some guys that now need to stand out even more. So I think that that will present an opportunity for others. But Ryan, before we dive into the first guy here, how you doing, sir, my friend? I'm doing great, Alex. Like you said, you know, big opportunity for a lot of these roster hopefuls tomorrow. Went over the roster this week I, at about, you know, 53 spots on, on the team. I saw about 44 guys who I thought were locks. So you're looking at about nine spots roughly up for grabs between 20, 25 players. I mean, we're going to highlight a good chunk of them here. And, you know, it's the last opportunity for these guys. I mean, final cut downs have to be made by Tuesday afternoon. So, you know, a lot of guys on the bubble, you know, French players trying to prove themselves and, you know, they got a great opportunity. They're going to get a lot of work once again in the second half of this game. And, you know, we'll get uh, really to see one last time what these guys can offer. Absolutely. And, and you know, these guys have some of these at least are pretty much, you know, on the roster like they just gotta have that one last big game and i think that the first one right off the bat that comes to mind is lawrence cager who's been tremendous for this jets team now he's a bigger guy you know definitely bigger in the sense that he's he's listed as a tight end but he was a former receiver transitioned um and now you're looking at him potentially making this roster with another big performance i think honestly if he had a somewhat okay performance he'd make this roster um, he's been the big one of the, the first two pre uh, preseason games. Um, he's probably going to be that TE4 behind, you know, Jeremy Ruckert, Uzoma, and Conklin. Um, and has the wide receivers six kind of flexibility, as, as uh, Ryan's going to attest to in a second here. But, you know, during that first preseason game, the second preseason game for the Jets against the Falcons, um, I'm pretty sure he led the team in receiving. Um, he finished with uh, three receptions for 65 yards, a touchdown, a long of 34 on four targets. He made an impact. And, like, that's what you're looking for, impact players. Um, I would not be surprised if Lawrence Cager got involved in the offense somehow. He's he's just doing too well not to consider him a factor, especially since especially since Denzel Mims is probably gone now. You're looking at Jeff Smith and then behind him, you know, Cager probably slots right in there. So, you know, what are your thoughts on him, his impact, and maybe how he could help this team come the regular season? For sure. I think there's really, you know, been no bigger winner throughout the entire Jets team in the first two preseason games. You look at Cager's upside athletically, how young he still is and like you said, you know, he could be that fourth tight end if the Jets obviously opt to keep a fourth tight end. I mean, we know the top three are set in stone, locked in on this final roster, but we got a ton of comments even on yesterday with the Denzel Mims video, like with Cager playing as well as he has and, you know, being that fourth tight end, he also offers you like that six receiver flexibility, which is a nice luxury to be able to have just that versatility, you know, in case of injuries or whatever. I think the big slot ability that he potentially offers is like a move type of a player it is a nice idea to think about and, you know, you said it, obviously, the Falcon game and even the Eagle game. I mean, he's been the leading receiver and 
has generated multiple explosives for this offense. I think you just see the mismatch potential he offers, you know, as a tight end, former receiver, you know, what he can do in space and that size definitely jumps out. So Lawrence Cager, I think is clear cut the top guy to really keep an eye on in tomorrow's game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the next guy we have on the list is Chris Streveler. And uh, I'm not exactly, I don't know exactly know how to pronounce his name. Streveler, Streveler, Streveler. Um, Streveler. Okay. And, and he has some interesting athleticism to him watching him play. Um, you know, definitely an exciting player. Um, you know, a guy that has charisma, he's got character, you know, someone that you kind of want to see more of every single week, you know, had six carries last year, uh, last week for 33 yards, finished uh, eight of 11 with 119 yards, passing a touchdown and an interception. Definitely an intriguing player here. Um, I mean, imagine the Jets are only keeping three quarterbacks, you know, with uh, Mike White, Joe Flacco, and of course, Zach Wilson, but is there a world where somehow Streveler makes this roster? He probably ends up on the practice squad for being serious, um, but he's a guy that's probably going to get a nice a nice sample size of reps tonight. If he plays really well, I mean, I don't think that Mike White's getting, you know, taken. I don't think his spot is in jeopardy for Streveler because, you know, I, I do remember Robert Salas saying that he believes they have three starting quarterbacks with White, Flacco, and uh and Wilson. So, you know, Strebler is more of a practice squad guy, but what are your thoughts on him and what he's done so far? For sure. I mean, obviously Cager's really made a lot of these connections in these first two preseason games with Strebler. And he's a guy that just, I think he's got confidence in his arm. He shows a lot of life. I think the attitude, the moxie that he brings, I think the guys really feed off of it. And I mean, this is a guy who wasn't, he was just really brought in as a camp body. I mean, the Jets didn't have a fourth quarterback and with Zach's injury, I mean, he gets thrown out there in that preseason game. And, you know, the last two weeks has been the first, you know, practice reps he's gotten. And you've seen him just show, I, I think, some good glimpses. And, no, I don't think right now he's ahead of Mike White. But I certainly think you could say it's trending that way just based on how they've both gone out there and performed in the first two preseason games. You know, Strebler, I, I guess there's a bit more upside, you know, just because he can move. And we've seen, you know, his ability to run and, you know, pick up yardage and, as he made that one connection with Cager in Monday night's game against the Falcons. I mean, he, he can, you know, move around in the pocket and still throw with his arm. And I just think he offers a little bit more down the fields, you know, just with his arm strength. Like I said, I think he just has a lot of confidence and life in his arm. And, you know, that, that could definitely uh, be a developmental trait here. And I think, you know, the final 53, you know, he's probably gonna have to have another really strong showing tomorrow, but I think you could say through the first two weeks of the preseason, he's definitely warranted a practice squad spot. Yeah, I agree. I think practice squads probably and was is where he ends up. And then you have Zonovan Knight, um, you know, a guy who a lot of people really like, undrafted free agent, has made a really big impact during camp here, shows that vision, acceleration, and, and you know, the special teams is the big difference. When you're when you're vying for a camp spot, or rather for a roster spot, and you're a backup running back, you're an RB4, RB5, you need to have special teams value. And he did that last week. Big kick return. Um, you know, really stepped up and had a, a solid performance and he's been doing this every single week. So that's a really good sign for Zonovan. I had five carries and nine yards. So not really in much of an impact on the ground, um, but we know what he's capable of. The special teams value definitely boosts um, his benefits to this team. But, you know, what are your thoughts on Zonovan? And what does he got to do to make this roster? Because there is a lot of competition in front of him. For sure. I think you said it best with the special teams value. And I think that's the reason why Mims, you know, it just never really materializes because, He's a backup receiver that just doesn't present a lot on special teams. And I think Knight, you saw it with that one kick return in Monday night's game against the Falcons. He went for, I think it was 38 yards. And I mean, this is a guy in college who ripped off a ton of kick returns, like, and took him to the house. And, 
that ability to accelerate. He's not, he's got four or five speed, so he's not like blazing, but he's really explosive and can pick up speeds, you know, as he's running and just in the running scheme in general, you know, has the vision, the patience, that ability to just one cut in this zone scheme, you know, that Michael Ford designs. And that those are obviously the needed traits. And while I think, you know, a lot of people want to see him on the final roster over Tevin Coleman, I think what you really have to remember is that Brees Hall's a rookie. Michael Carter is a second year player. Tevin Coleman, his eight NFL seasons, he spent six of them in this exact offense. He knows Michael Ford. He's been with him all six of those years. And I think he's really the third running back. But, you know, if Knight can put together another good game tomorrow, I definitely think he's a practice squad candidate at this point in time. But, you know, if he can rip off another big return tomorrow, let's say. And, you know, I think it is worth noting that the run blocking in Monday night's game was, you know, pretty much non-existent. Like the Jets really did not. Uh, Chris Trevor was the leading rusher in the game. So that, that should just give an idea on like, what Zonovan Knight, Brees Hall, Ty Johnson, the Michael Piran, all these guys we're working with. So I think that's worth noting. But, you know, Knight's definitely an intriguing undrafted free agent that's very young and, you know, has some developmental traits. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I do want to see more of him. And now you have the safety position where you have Will Parks and Ashton Davis. Parks definitely has some veteran experience. Ashton Davis, I do not like him very much. If you've been watching this podcast, I do not think he's a very good player. I think he has straight line speed. He's a bad tackler. He takes bad angles. And he's not very physical. Um, you know, he's got amazing speed. He's a really fast guy and that's great for sideline to sideline quickness, but his football IQ back there is not altogether that great. So I don't trust him very much. I think Will Parks probably has a better chance, um, at getting like that. I guess, I, I guess you're looking at Jordan Whitehead, then LaMarcus Joyner and Will Parks. I'd say even Will Parks might be right slightly ahead of LaMarcus Joyner. Is there a world where LaMarcus Joyner doesn't make this team right now? Cause he said that he would rather have retired, um, than play for another team. He wanted to play for the Jets. But I'd say like the injuries and you know whatnot, I, I don't see him as a, a very much situated, cemented player right now. Will Parks, Nash, and Davis, those two guys are going to be battling it out. Um, but I will say this is going to be an interesting last preseason game for them because they, whichever one kind of plays better, might be the one that gets that bigger opportunity. You know, what are your thoughts on those two guys and you know their chances of making the roster? For sure. I think with LaMarcus Joyner's salary, it's about fully guaranteed. So it's probably going to be hard to move off of him. And he probably is on the final 53, even though he's missed so much time. But Will Parks, to me, I think aside from Jordan Whitehead right now, might be the safety most Jet fans have the most confidence in. And it's the veteran experience. It's the toughness. I mean, you saw the one hit that he put on the guy the other night. I mean, he lost his footing in pursuit and still takes a clean angle and, you know, finishes the play. I think this is just the guy with the right mindset. Um He's played a lot of football in this league as, you know, a six-round pick. And, you know, with Ashton, obviously, it's frustrating. I mean, that 2020 draft class we've talked about and how disappointing it's been. Um, the athletic ability with Ashton is there, but it's the lack of availability and not really, you know, having opportunities to develop. And that preseason game the other night, I mean, he was working with the third team. So I think that's probably, you know, indicate that Parks has had a better summer and probably deserves that fourth safety spot behind Whitehead, Joyner, and Jason Pinnock. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's going to be a, a really interesting, you know, position battle to watch in the next couple of days here. And then, you know, the whole defensive line in general is another spot that we want to keep an eye on. You know, you're talking about 10 guys, 11 guys for this final 53-man roster. Um, there's a lot of battles here. But, like, you know, who are you looking at the most? Because there are some really good names, Bradley and A., Jabari Zuniga has been having a fantastic, uh, you know, offseason here. And Vinny Curry has been a little bit disappointing. Um, Bryce Huff is he even on the on the roster bubble. Like there's a lot of players here that could that stand ground to to win or lose. Um, but there are going to be some some battles tonight. Whoever there's th this is like one of those preseason games where like 
the guy who performs the best, that could be what gives them the roster spot right now. It, it, there's a lot of players in situations where that's kind of unfolding. So, you know, who, who are you looking at the most as like, this is their chance to really prove their worth? For sure. I mean, this position group in general is probably the deepest the Jets have right now. I mean, you have elite starting talent in Carl Lawson, Quentin Williams, John Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson, and on down. I mean, you just have a ton of situational players who can, you know, go in and make a splash. I think we've seen it in the first two preseason games with Jabari Zuniga and Tanzel Smart in the first game against the Eagles. And then Monday night, you know, against the Falcons, it was Bradley and I and Jonathan Marshall who really made a splash. And I think those are really the main four I'm keeping an eye on in this one, you know, Marshall was a sixth round pick just last year, generational upside athletically through the roof. And I think you really got to see some glimpses of that against the Falcons. You know, he was living in the backfield. He was in space, you know, finishing plays. I think Anai is a guy who Robert Silas spoke on after the game Monday night really fits the attacking scheme perfectly. And, you know, he was having, he made some plays in camp, you know, just being there at practice and then really seeing it, you know, materialized for him a little bit in the live game the other night, you know, he made an impact, I mean, what happens with Bryce Huff, like you said, Vinny Curry, I mean, you're talking about an 11-year vet. Uh, Nathan Shepard is a guy the Jets like a lot. But, again, Tenzel Smart in the first game, Jonathan Marshall in the second game, I I think they should really both be viewed ahead of him at this point in time. And it's really going to be interesting to see. I I think 11 players probably do make the final 53 from the defense line, which is a lot. But it really speaks you know, volumes to the amount of depth that they've built. That's true. And for a Robert Sala defense, you have to have a lot of depth because, you know, injuries are prevalent in the NFL and you got to be prepared for these type of things to happen. Every team has it. The Jets seemingly get it hit the worst every year. And I think, you know, a lot of people blame the MetLife turf, uh, whatever it might be. But, you know, having these depth guys is a very good problem to have right now, I will say. Um, but I'd love to hear your perspectives below in the YouTube comments. What players are you looking out for? Any specific guys that you're thinking could make the roster, maybe falling out of favor? Uh, always curious to hear your thoughts and opinions below on the YouTube comments. And as always, make sure to like and subscribe for more New York Jets content on the daily. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Jets episode. <laughs>